Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, folks. On a fine Friday, the 50th anniversary of the walk on the moon. But I'm playing this song because right now, the rain has subsided, at least in our part of town. Sun's out. Gun's out, baby. Woo! I literally have the sleeves rolled up in an obnoxious way because Southern Wood. I came in with mine rolled up. Yeah. Tried to roll mine up. We are two sexy beasts right now. No, and we are literally... If only we had video so people could see this. No, this is such a hetero moment, by the way, too. We were sitting here comparing, like, biceps and belts and all this stuff. But then Southern Wood over here, who was raised on a farm, he showed off his grip strength or, like, whatever that muscle is on the forearm. Dude, that's freakish. You see that? That's unreal. That's from milking cows? That is from milking cows because you, you pinch. It, it, see, people think, it, when you milk a cow, people think just grab the teat right. and just pull on it no. and milk comes out. No, no, you, can get, you can get kicked by a cow that way. Well, I mean, I've been kicked a lot of times. I've been kicked in the head twice. <laughs> I'm talking you don't like say. knocked out and you, almost got killed. I, I didn't even notice any effects. <laughs> yes. Any brain hemorrhage? <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to like go back to school if you didn't notice any effects. But no, it's uh, it's it's a thing when you, when you the way you milk a cow, you you grab the teat. Mm-hmm. It, the udder and the teat are two different things. The little dangly thing that hangs down. Right. And I'm trying not to say... Hold on, I had to dump all that. Because <laughs> you can say that on radio. <laughs> so, T-E-A-T, teat. Right. And, and On the udders of a cow. And, well, the udder is the mammary glands. Mm-hmm. The teat would be, like, on a woman mm-hmm. or a man. Mm-hmm. The actual nipple right. is the teat. Right. And and what you do is you pinch the very top. You're not the, grabbing full hand pulling. No. You, 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 you pinch the top of the teat. Okay. And then you go from... Index finger to thumb. All right. Down to your birdie finger, to your ring finger, to your pinky, and squeeze, and that pushes the milk out of the teat. Oh. And then you let go. And release. And then once you oh, and release, so, and then we, by from, using the different fingers, you're ra- you can ratchet up the force. That's and right. Slowly move and it then, down. And okay. then once once you release, then the udder releases more milk down into the teat. Hmm. You pinch at the top where the udder is attached to the teat. Yeah. And 
you squeeze. It's it's a it's a one two three four deal, and that's how you milk. And cows. as he's describing this, and folks, he's why. literally doing the motion. Yes. And this is why you have massive forearms. And you you see, my right forearm yeah. is is larger than my left forearm. You know, you, you're not ambidextrous when it comes to milking the cows. No, I'm not. But my granddaddy was really. Yes, my granddaddy. He, he my granddaddy was weird. Yeah, I mean, you don't say, really was. I didn't notice. No, I mean, he was, uh, no, <laughs> he, he, did every, he did everything left-handed except right. Huh, okay. And, and then w- when he had his first stroke. That must have been a school thing, but when he had his first stroke. When he had his first stroke, it was on the right side of his brain, and it affected the left side of his body. Okay. Because, really? I mean, he shaved, and he ate, and yeah. he did everything left-handed except for right. And he couldn't do... He had to relearn all everything that stuff. with the other hand? Yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. it was. I mean, it was, it was real weird. But, but anyhow, my, my, even my grandmother, she's got... I mean, her forearms are as big as mine. Massive she's 92 forearms. years old. Yeah. So, well... But, I mean, that's what they did. I mean, they milked cows. Now, they, they could do it. Double handed, squish, squash, squish, squash. Right, but right. we didn't well, have to. to. We had machines. Oh, okay. And so, so you didn't have to go a, a, as occasionally. Quickly. You yeah. had to do that. Okay, and just to prime. Yeah, cow, yeah. Well, there prime is a difference. Well, if a cow had mastitis or something, yeah. you'd have to milk it out and then put some medicine up in there. Well, and the whole purpose behind things like CrossFit, um, and it's not. It's well, I've been doing some of their workouts lately. But there's a major difference between, I think, you know, that bodybuilder strength. Like, these guys get huge. And don't get me wrong. Somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was, you know, at the his, his peak. prime, yeah. yeah. in his prime. I mean, incredibly strong dude. But there's something to be said about functional strength that comes from actually working in this world. And sort of that glamour, you look good on Instagram or in a magazine or on television or something like that. Because there's some people that look fantastic. Like some actors can look good, but then you tell them to go, like, you know, milk a cow. Yeah. And their hand cramps up immediately. Yeah. Well, and, like some of those big bodybuilders. I wonder how they wipe their butt. They're so big. How they oh, ever... some of them can't. Yeah. I mean, what some you, of them what really can't. They're fascinating people to cover though really i mean you have to dedicate yourself it's like anything else if you want to be the best in the world yeah those strong men are i've watched a lot of interviews with them and actually there are a lot of videos out now where they're really doing like grip strength stuff where can you pinch two like 45 pound plates together and hold it Woo! i mean i obviously i can't uh but that i mean it's really fascinating to see like anybody in this world it doesn't have to be bodybuilding or the strongman competition i've kind of come to this point in my life if you are passionate and going to be the best in the world whatever it is i want to hear about it there's something to it's like to a degree i love looking back at like these apollo missions like never been done before it's a type of being the best in the world and hearing like how these people went through this stuff first time ever yeah and there has to be a a certain i gotta watch myself here but like uh just an effort moment 
in a lot of these guys' heads. Like, I could easily die. Like, on the first mission, right. these people die in fire. But we're still going to go. They had to. They had to because, like, now we know, okay, you're gonna, you, you're more than likely to succeed because we've already done this before. But they've never done, you know, they didn't know it at the time. Before. That's right. right. They didn't have a clue. So it took some cojones. Oh, it takes major cojones. Yeah. Well, and for the folks who say it's fake, there are some things out there that play into that narrative. For instance, one of the, I mentioned this earlier today, one of the moon rocks, I can't remember which country I could look it up. I remember too. That. Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong gave to a foreign government as a gift. It wasn't a moon rock. But it was like a, a kind of, not Came really a Arizona. foreign government either. It was kind of like a... I think it's like Denmark yeah, or some something like of, that. Um, I think it's Denmark, now that I think of it. And they tested it finally in a lab. They're like, this kind of looks like petrified wood, but don't test it. We don't want to find out. You ever right. done that? Where you're like, my uh, my stomach feels funny, but I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't even, I don't even want to know. Well, uh, sometimes it's better to believe what you think right. is the truth well, rather they, than find out what the exact. And truth after is. they tested this fake moon rock, figured out it was something like petrified wood. They still have it in the museum, of course, because it's this weird oddity. Uh, and I guess the idea is the U.S. government only has so many moon rocks. We're not going to give it to freaking well, Denmark. There, <laughs> there, there is nothing that makes me disbelieve that we actually landed on the moon other than one fact. Mm. That was 1969. Right. Okay. Now, Eddie, when were you born? 1969. Okay. You were born that year? Yes. My parents met that year. My oldest brother was born like six months after the moon landing. I was born in 73. Mm -hmm. Why, from 1969, wait, let's see, 72 was the last time we landed on the moon. 72, the year before I was born. 46 years, 47 years ago now. Why have we not been back? My only thought is, and I think about that too. Why have we not been back? There's nothing up there we can make money off of. Nothing up there we can... It costs money. It's incredibly risky. And so many and people. there were a lot of people that reacted to that program. It's like, why are you spend money on this? Right. You, well, now that we live in a day and age where it's just blank check, debt but, finance, but, everything, why not go back? But Joey, but Joey, but Joey, but Joey, when has the United States of America never pulled it out and said, let's see who's bigger? Mm-hmm. Why don't you go back? When China comes out... Well, now we're going back. When China comes out five years ago and says, it's going to take us like 15 years to even figure out how to get to the moon. Right. In the year 2005 or whenever they said that. Right. In 1962. Yeah. Well... Well, because the, the particular... In 1962, well, we said thing. before the end of the decade, right. we are going <laughs> to land on the moon? Well, well, because we had rocket technology. Not only the, the Russians had sent Sputnik up there. I'm going to throw it out there. Hmm. Asians are horrible drivers, so they probably can't find the way. Racist. Eddie, you're such a racist. I'm just putting it out there. Ra- you're racist against <laughs> Chinese people. So racist, man. I love you, but oh, come on. Get out! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is there a line? No, but I, this is an argument that I love, that the moon landing couldn't have been fake, because the standard theory is that it was, you know, shot on a soundstage or something. Right. It was, it was a movie. In Arizona. Right. Yeah, but here's the thing, and this is one of my favorite arguments to debunk that, mm-hmm. is that, yes, things like rocket technology, these basic things to get up there to the moon were around in the 60s. 
because I mean a lot of this is developed in the aftermath of World War II. Right. All this, all those German scientists we brought over with Operation Paperclip and other mm-hmm. things. The reason it couldn't have been faked is because the technology in terms of film couldn't have pulled off what you see in those videos. The tech to fake it wasn't around. Okay. And if if it was, you think we could have well, debunked it by now? Oh, yes. Well, here's... And I've, I've got an article in front of me. One reason is the shadows. When you right. see them on the moon, you can see these shadows, which are the result of parallel sun rays with no diffusion. The only way to recreate this on Earth would be to light the scene with millions of super bright lasers. Lasers were incredibly expensive in 1969, and the only color they came in was red. In modern times, we could just change the color with, you know, computer-generated graphics. But uh, back then, altering images with computers wasn't quite possible. There, I mean, there's all sorts of things. Like, why are we just now seeing these deep fake photos where you're superimposing people's faces yeah. on? I mean, this is the ability to manipulate video... And let alone, you know, we figured out audio a little while ago, but now the way we're manipulating video, this is fairly new stuff. Right. We just couldn't do it then. We couldn't do it back then. And so I, I do like this. Or aside from this huge hurdle, there's another one. There's an issue that dooms a lot of grand conspiracy theories. Even in NASA, even if NASA, excuse me, had secretly invented computer graphics back then and kept it from the public, the organization would have had to keep 400,000 employees from spilling the beans. And it would have needed to coordinate the story with dozens of world leaders, including our enemy at the time, Russia. If we had faked this thing, Russia would have been all over telling the world we had faked it. Now, didn't they have a, a unmanned uh, thing happen right just a few days before we got there with a manned? Um, I'm hey, you can I, I, I think what you're talking about, Russia did send a probe up that orbited the moon right. and has the only pictures of the dark side of the moon and, and then here goes back to the conspiracy, did mm-hmm. we really land on the moon? Alright, you've got the orbiter, he drops down the capsule, Buzz and Neil are on the capsule, mm-hmm. they go down, they land on the moon. The orbiter has no clue where they are the entire time they're on the moon. Plus, why do we not have any pictures of the dark side of the moon? I'm telling you, the moon is a big egg full of spider aliens. That's why. <laughs> it, it's a damn spider egg. It's a That's good, what it is. It's a good thing you're pretty and not a milk cow. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I say some of that in jest, but why does that not make just as much sense well, because if we some of this, on the Some moon? of this is common sense. It's like, oh, we landed on the moon. Why didn't we go back? Because it's incredibly difficult and dangerous. Why don't we have a picture of the dark side of the moon? Because it's not like uh, driving a car to the other side of the building. But, Joey, we went. 1969 yeah. to 1972, seven times, supposedly, right. we landed on the moon. And then we're just like, ah, oh, we're not going to do that well, anymore. Right. It's, well, I think the idea we is let's go it. look and try to discover new things. Yeah, we got there and it's so a, this a is, And also using unmanned means. So I let's just, send 
Let's send probes into deep space. Let's collect information on Mars. Let's do what we can to go beyond the moon. Lowers the risk. And now we're going to go back using the moon as a staging area. I do love this plan. What they're going to do, they want to get back to the moon by 2024. Elon Musk, of course, says we could do it in two years. Yeah. Sure, we could, Elon. But now that we have a lot of these private companies coming online with SpaceX and Bezos, I can't remember the name of his company, uh, Blue Frontiers, maybe? No, that's a different, that's uh, Seasteading, I think. Uh, but the idea is we now have more and more technology and also at a cheaper rate. You have companies that have a more efficient process than the government had. And so here's the basic idea that NASA has. They want to send what they consider like a small space station, like a docking station, to, as long as it can, orbit the moon. And that way, then you could send manned flights out to dock with that station, refuel, take a break, go to the surface, or launch new missions from that station, which is, I think, a good idea. And I I think right now there's too much coordination, and this is the beautiful thing about space exploration, is it does unite people. For all the bad blood between us and Russia, who is still taking U.S. astronauts up to the International Space Station for the longest time? Yeah, The Russians. But I don't know about you guys, but... When I was younger and that first started, that, that really irked me because it that kind of said, hey, we've kind of given up a little bit. Uh, right. You know, we were the dominant force on this and, 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 you know, really pushing it. And all of a sudden, we're one day, we're like, hey, can we catch a ride? And, yeah, and, sure. and, and I'm kind of with Eddie on that. I, I think it hurt your our pride as a nation. Exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that's what it's coming down to is, hey, wait a minute. Y- 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 I mean, y'all did okay, but we did it. Y'all didn't, yeah. and and it, it really did when they shut NASA down yeah. and was like, "We're not going back up there." It's like, what the you know bleep is is what pretty much every red blooded yes. American thought. I mean, the other well, Americans, the 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 squad Americans yeah. were like, "Oh, that's great! It's the international community." Yeah, but space agree. exploration. Really is it in inspires. It makes people realize we're human beings on this little ball Thank floating you. through this massive thing known as the galaxy, let alone the universe. So maybe we should work together on trying to understand this. Exactly, <laughs> and that's where you know space exploration became like it was a uh, humanitarian it humbles, exploration it humbles rather you. than an American or Russian or what have you. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and you still want to beat the other guy. Right, sure. and there should be national pride, but in sort of a, a friendly, competitive way. And of course, I'm not naive. There's all sorts of defense aspects to this, different technological advancements and advantages and warfare and the like. Sure. But generally, it allows you to sort of step back and humbles you. It's like, oh, we're so proud of this nation coast to coast and we should be but once you get that I, I would love to talk to some of these folks that have actually been up there some of these astronauts it probably humbles you and changes your perspective in a way that is difficult to explain I imagine it, you, you really realize how small i mean it changed my perspective just are. to leave alabama for a week well and that's where and this is the only thing that gives me pause about did we definitely I, and I'm I'm like ninety five percent sure we did land on the moon. And the other five percent really, thinks it's spider aliens and it, a giant egg. <laughs> I mean, it could be I an mean, egg made of cheese. They're talking about when Sailing when asteroids hit it, it sounds like a big gong. It's like you know Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Shame. 
Shame. Shame. I mean that I mean that's part of it. But yeah. but the other thing that gives me pause is why are we focused on going to Mars? What's the next step? Next step, go back to the first step. That's what we're going to do first before we go to Mars. Exactly. But you don't hear anything about going back to the moon. Now, a couple of years yeah, ago... Yeah, recently, there, this last year, there, we've been talking about it. There there was a big deal about going back to the moon and doing some mining on the moon yeah. and bringing back you know precious right. metals. And, and by the way, things. they're not just talking about it. They've and now that, budgeted I mean, it. Like, they're giving money to NASA and working with the private companies. We're going back to the moon because the moon is a great stepping stone to any possible way of going to Mars with manned mission. So we're we, going we to, the to the moon before we go to Mars. In other words, we can't go from here to Mars. we got to stop by the I moon. I guess it's, it's a theoretically possible to go straight to Mars, but the, it, it probably makes sense to stop. Like for a second. Well, yeah, just to have that, that right. refueling station and the right know, to have anything. a waypoint that right. is you know in between. I just, I, I, just, I just don't I don't know, but it's it so fascinating just to get into it mm-hmm. and get down into the the netherworld of it and start thinking about oh, yeah. it. It, yeah. it makes you, you know, it, cognitively, it is a great great way to use your mind well and let me come from this angle really think about it i have lived in the libertarian space for a long time i've soaked my brain in it all the way into so-called anarcho-capitalists these Mm. sort of types and i've heard all the arguments of the the waste found in the space program now there was a lot of waste there was uh this is why we've gone to private companies in many ways to get things to the international space station it's much more efficient and it it just has proven to be so and it's what you would assume always is Uh, but there's a lot of people that would say why why are we even doing this we've got all sorts of problems here on earth mouths to feed uh major you know ecological issues to think about as the planet gets more people on it. They never explored all of the oceans. Right, right you know? exactly. And I think that's you another frontier. Oh, what I was fixing to say, Eddie. But it reminds me of something, uh, a coach at J.R. Richardson in football, he said, a lot of people ask you why, you should say back to him, why not? There are certain things in life, especially when you're looking to the stars, and people used to do that a lot more before, you know, our artificial light took over the that's night right. sky. And there's something deep and profound about that human experience of, say, sitting out in a dark field and looking up at the night sky and wondering why this is and what is What is all that up there? I can remember being a small kid having this moment. And in a way, it's like a God question moment. Mm -hmm. Like, okay... What's beyond the the atmosphere? Okay, there's the moon, and then more stars, and what's beyond those? And you keep thinking, like, is it just infinite? Like, what what's out there? And it's such a deep question to who we are. Like, why not explore it? If we have the means, and number one, it does create all sorts of spinoff technologies. And employment. It yeah. creates a crap load of employment. But it also, uh, I think, inspires people. There Certainly. is something deeply inspiring about look at what human beings can do. I've talked about this before. It's why I like he, it's a little cliche in his work, but I love Aaron Sorkin's look at what we can do moments. And all the shows and movies he's made, he usually has one of those moments. Like, there's one in Sports Night where, oh, this guy was beaten, left for dead, and now he's about to win the marathon in the Olympics. Like, look at what we can do, son. Mm-hmm. Or there's literally one in West Wing where they're talking about uh, a lunar lander or something like that. And it is an inspiring thing when you can bring people all over the world together to go, oh, wow, we did this. 
and it might be, oh, the U.S. did this, but you better believe the the people that aren't caught up in the space race, so to speak, as government officials or people that buy the government propaganda hook, line, and sinker. I'm talking about the average person in China and Russia and Iran and places that are even our enemies. North Korea, if they had the information, they probably don't. There's something awe-inspiring about saying, hey, if we stop our squabbles here on Earth and look to the stars and, I think, to the deep blue sea, we can discover all sorts of things about ourselves and what we can achieve, but all sorts of things that make our lives better right. at the same time. And, and I think it could go back to, I mean, there's, there's, there's a hymn, and I'm hmm. pretty sure, I mean, you may not have it in the Catholic Church, but in the Baptist or Church Christ or, or any other, there's an old hymn. There is, these are the words of it, there is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. That, I mean, that's the opening of one of the verses of this 728B at the uh, uh, Buckman Road Church of Christ, if, you, if, if you're wondering. Appreciate that. <laughs> that was the only song my granddaddy ever led singing to. But it's, <laughs> there is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. And that's, that's what you're just describing, Joey, is there's a God. There's something out there. Yeah, something. Be, beyond... You know, what we see in the sky, there's something out there. Yeah. And we do have a desire for it. Because I asked a guy one time when I was in college, I was like, well, why go to space? He's like, why did God put the desire in us to figure everything out? Go out there and figure it out. And so I'm all for going to Mars. But that brings me back to if we can't even go back to the moon, Right. Why in the living world are we trying to go to Mars? Because we are. And that's a great change. I tip my hat to the president and to all the people encouraging the president to make this a serious mission, to create yes. the budget, to make this happen. I, I think it's a good thing. Even though I'm usually one, it's like, don't spend money on anything, government. I, I think I, this is one of the things that really does, I keep using the word, inspire. Uh, beyond just our petty fights. And I want to your point real quick, I want to share something. I want to play something. It's only two minutes long here. But I think there's something incredibly profound and poetic, uh, no matter your faith or your denomination, your worldview, whatever. But especially if you are a, a believer in Christ, uh, and a Jew as well can apply to this, is the 1968 reading of Genesis on Christmas Eve from astronauts orbiting the moon. <laughs> And uh, I think there's, this is the actual audio from NASA. We are now approaching uh, lunar sunrise. And uh, for all the people back on Earth, the crew of Apollo 8 has a message that we would like to send to you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the Earth. And the Earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Wow. And God saw the light. That it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Now, before he continues, folks, the video here, I encourage you to look it up on uh, YouTube. Only 86,000 people have viewed this. It's, it needs to be more. Apollo 8 mm -hmm. Christmas Eve broadcast, Genesis reading from 1968, a year 
uh, before the day we're celebrating here today. It's very strong. And what we're seeing while he's reading this is images of the moon and the earth from space and the sun. When it said, God, let there be light, you're seeing the sun hit the face of the moon or hit the face of the earth from that perspective of orbiting the moon. It's just remarkable. Let's continue. A car called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning was a first day. And God said, let there be a movement in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the movement. And divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning was the second day. God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called these seas, God saw that it was good. And from the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night, good luck, a Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on this good earth. Yeah, it just, it brings that... Um it, it makes it, that, you realize how small you are. Yeah, and it's that's very, that's the perfect reading from that perspective. Because, I mean, what is that? A creation story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, when and whether you believe it or not, yeah, it's very no, poetic. It, right. it's, it's, it and is when a great when you, piece of poetry. And also, when you're up there, the how accurate the poetry is, if you just want to look at it that way. Um, and I don't think you should necessarily, but there is something deep and profound about when we get away from your everyday environment. You yeah. do this without going to space. Like I mentioned earlier, just get out of your normal everyday routine. Yeah. But when you're just removed and you're in a strange, strange land and you are barely able to survive, if not for these instruments, you and a whole team of people have fashioned yourselves, it's just... What an incredible anniversary and today. I'll, I'll tell you uh, just a real quick, silly story. I always, when I was growing up, I always imagined, because I spent a lot of time on open cap tractors mm-hmm. out in, in the field. I mean, we, we raked hay, cut hay, bush hogged, and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't have cap tractors. Right. I mean, you're just sitting out there, and you talk to yourself. That's why I talk so much. You entertain yourself. You tell yourself jokes. Yeah. Right. And you're like, oh, hey, that was pretty funny. Sounds I'll like, try to remember that. Sounds like factory life. But, yeah, I was there. <laughs> but, I, I mean, that. that's, I mean that's, that's what you do. Yep. And, and I can remember uh, you would look up at clouds, and you would think, man, clouds are so beautiful. Because, I mean, they really are. And you, I mean, you would see different animals That's right. and, and, and see what shapes they were making. And I always thought, man, I just wish someday I could get up and, like, get in a cloud. That would yeah. be the coolest thing. The first time I ever flew on a plane, it was extremely foggy that morning. And we, we flew from Montgomery to Atlanta, from Atlanta to Tampa. And when we took off, I mean, it was so foggy, they delayed our flight before we could take off. And when we finally took off, we were going, like, right over AUM, and you could see the fog. I mean, it was heavy. I mean, it was, like, less than one mile. Right. And when you look down into the fog, you know what it looked like? It looked like a cloud. A cloud, yeah. And I'm like, so I've been driving through clouds all my life. I've always wanted to be in a cloud to see what a cloud looks like. And it's, but when you get a different perspective, just like what we just viewed, 
on that video, when you're on the moon looking at the Earth and you see the the green, blue, and brown orb with the white clouds on it, it the farther away, it changes your perspective yeah. of what it looks like. And I've always thought about that about ants. Yeah. Is, you know, an ant's this tiny. And, and right. you, you, you can see the ant bed. And the ant's looking up at you. And, yeah, I mean, I'm six foot three. But, I mean, to an ant, I'm like... You're a mountain. This giant. Yeah. And if I put that little ant on my finger and hold him up, he's like, oh, my God, don't drop me. Right. You know, what's going to happen? Unless so he's a fire it's, it, Perspective has so much to do with we the need, way that you interpret things. Yeah, well, and we need more of that. And, and I think, especially today, we need more things that help us change our perspective or, let's say, give us perspective. Because we get so close to it, all we see is a fog. We don't see the beautiful cloud. Can't see which the bar for the trees. The exactly. Fog. Well, we got to hit a break. We'll be right back, folks. Joey Clark. Joey Clark. A little David Bowie Moon Age Daydream, folks. Now, is this a meth gator that he's singing about? I think so. Does yeah. he have laser beams <laughs> attached to his head? Are they ill tempered? I'm pretty sure they are. <laughs> Did you hear about the piranha they caught in North Alabama? No, I did not hear about that. What happened with this piranha? It ended up, I think they have decided it may not be a piranha. Supposedly, according to government sources, it's not a piranha. Well, Dude's got teeth. Yeah. Fish with teeth. He eats somebody's dentures in about yeah, there. It's the real deal, T. I'm about to say. Here, well, let's come back down to uh, earth. This folks. is just country boy talk, but fish well, with and, teeth, and piranha. That's, that's helping me out, come back down to earth. Fish with teeth. All right. We got some piranha. And apparently, this is, would be a normal traffic story, if not for one detail. But uh, a semi-truck driver rear-ended a pickup truck being distracted. I'll tell you what he was distracted by in a second. Let's just say he has a massive carbon footprint. Uh, He rear-ended a pickup truck not paying attention and a trailer in Rogers, Minnesota, causing the trailer to break off and fatally strike a nearby construction worker. Oh. Yeah, really bad stuff. He was driving a semi-truck. Tate Ryan, Doom. That's a weird name. Tate Ryan, Doom. Your last name's Doom? Doom? Yeah. Yeah. How, how are you going to end up 
good. He's of Saint. He's exactly. from Saint Paul. Really uh, nothing good coming out of him. Yeah, he's from Saint. You know, I, well, it's you're doomed. All, you're, a name is destiny in many right. ways. Um, he's from St. Paul, Minnesota. He was driving the semi-truck in a construction zone on Interstate 94 in Minnesota when he rear-ended that pickup truck and trailer. But here's what um, what caused it. Upon investigation, officials learned <sighs> what that... What was he watching? Yeah, that Doom was driving at approximately 72 miles per hour while the pickup truck was traveling at 50. The speed limit area is 70. So he wasn't really going that fast. He just wasn't paying attention. During the, an interview with police, Doom said he was driving 50 and that he wasn't on his phone at the time of the crash. However, yeah. police... Later learned, Doom had downloaded 14 videos from the website, I'm not sure if I know this one, from the website Pornhub.com about 30 minutes before the crash. What? By reviewing traffic cameras, officials determined the crash happened at 2.09 p.m. Videos began playing on Doom's phone at 2.07 PM on on what now? I've never I've never heard of such of a website. It's an educational website, I believe. A sex education website, yes, yes, right? Well, yes. it, it's porn. Pornhub. Porn hub. 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 Yeah. Yes. It's like your hub for all your porn. Mm-hmm. And what apparently, it, is, this guy killed somebody. What? It, what is porn? I'm. 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 Ed, I mean, I'm trying. I want to understand the story, Joey. It's a common word. For uh, short for the word pornography. Well, no, Porno- I think we're. Oh, that's like like naked people. Well, no, we need to start from the beginning. You know how babies are made, right? You have children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that process that creates kids. Oh, they like take pictures of that. They take pictures and videos. Video, yes. Yeah. With professional lighting and everything. Oh, people making babies? Multi-camera shot. Well, I mean, that's sometimes the only reason... They're, that's sometimes they're making babies. Sometimes they're just having just fun. Practicing. Now, mm. I, th- I thought you only did that to make babies. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you should, I suppose. But. We're talking about procreation, right? Yeah, but you have yeah. to practice. You're not going to make a baby on the first go-round. That right. usually don't happen. Right. Really? Practice There's makes perfect. Practice. Yeah, yeah, it really does. But apparently this guy Maybe that's why I've only got four. because he was watching porn on his phone. Why am I not surprised? Now, I have pulled by up the end of this story. Joe. I have pulled up on the boulevard before. You know how used to people would have the TVs on their sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's a dude that had. Uh, he was watching pornography. Well, it was a, no, he wasn't watching it. He was just playing it in his back seat, and therefore it just shined on everybody behind him. <laughs> so I pulled up. I was like, "Hey, what movie is he watching?" Oh, oh, I know. Oh, I saw that one. It's <laughs> yeah, not that's that right. good. I know yeah. that one. It doesn't end well. <laughs> This is why I want to focus on the stars, because when you come back down to Earth, there's a lot of weird crap happening. Um, Well, also, another advancement in a continuing story we've been covering here, sex robots walking. Yes. Dolls roam streets with humans after AI upgrade. That's some freaky stuff, man. Yeah. And again, I'm pretty much... Do whatever you want with your life, even if I think it's immoral, as long as you're not hurting me or others. It might be even self-destructive, but do what you want. Play that. But I am going to say this is really, really weird. I know this is weird, but I would like Clay's uh, religious thoughts on this. Oh, no. Uh, Oh, my religious thoughts. Yeah, if Uh, I have a girlfriend that's a a rubber doll, what, what, what kind of... Reasons I'm going to hell. You need to be in a hospital somewhere, right? Uh, the uh, I don't I don't know that I really have religious thoughts about that. I mean, it, it that's just 
That's it's, I know it's wrong, but I just wonder. I, I'll tell you. I, I, well, I wouldn't say that it's wrong. What it is to me, it's sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That people cannot interact with one another. I mean, you remember. I mean, when you and your wife met, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure you went up to her and it was just there was something there. Didn't even have to, man. And and she saw me or, or either the room. she came up to you. I mean, either way. I mean, to be serious. Oh I mean, yeah, that's definitely. just it, it was just there was a natural attraction. We could, there. I could talk, and you had to interact with her. Yeah. And y'all, you know, went on a date, and you go from dating to really caring about someone and you keep going further and further to where you have you know an emotional contact right. with that person mm-hmm. and you keep going and i mean a, a sex doll is just i mean it, we were all born and i don't want to be disgusting but we were all born with a sex doll I mean, they make lotion and things, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, you can sex yourself if you want to. Well, I've seen these guys here on the internet here lately. They take them on dates. It's not all that uncommon to see them in a restaurant. And I've never seen them here locally. This is all they're straight just, internet. There's something about that, though, that's just incredibly tragic and sad to me. It's like you're not it, finding everything that's yeah, fruitful right. from an intimate relationship. It literally is, excuse me, pardon me, a masturbatory relationship. Oh, but um, at the same I mean, time, it's got, there's got to be something. And again, people are free to do it. I don't think it's, um, it's going to end well for a lot of people that go down that road. I'll and put I, it that way. I, I think Joey put it more eloquently than I did, but but it's it, it's going down that road of. Uh, you're afraid to ever be hurt. You're yep. afraid to have uh-huh. true feelings. Yeah. And, I mean, if you have something like that, you're just like, well, it's mine. I mean, it's it's like having a freaking pet or something. Right. I mean, it's... It's odd. It's odd, and it gets weirder. Well, and, and there are bad, people that... I, um, I think that we, we're... I think it's dangerous for the human race to be that reclusive that well, I don't want to interact with anybody. Well, except I don't because want these people breeding either. Eddie, no, I'd rather. M- how long have you and your wife been married? Oh, dang, uh, twenty years. <laughs> of, of, like, I think right at twenty years. Okay, well, but I mean, in that area. Yeah, oh, I yes, mean, we're, we're in the same area. Oh, yes, we're sir, in the yes, in, in in the twenty to twenty something. Yes, sir. Has it been easy every day? No, sir. Was there ever a day that so your wife looked at you and was like, "The hell were you, Eddie?" Every other Tuesday. Is there ever been a day where you woke up and said the same thing with her? It's Never. not always yeah. the guy. Yeah. No, seriously. You're right. oh, yeah. It's yeah. not Definitely. always the guy that's bad. I mean, no, it's, I mean, not. you wake up one morning and you're like, why in God's name did I marry this woman? Oh, sir. But you, you know what you do? You say, I'm still married to her. You kiss her goodbye. You that's go to right. work. You come home. Right. And, and you stay married. It's funny you say and that. It's, and it's, I mean, it's part of a relationship and that's what makes a relationship so. How much do you love your wife? To the, to I the mean, serious to God. Yeah. To you love somebody. You, you think you love them when you marry them. Right. But by damn, when you get 20, 25 years into it, you really freaking love them. That's yeah. a good point. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, and it's a different type of love. Sure. And it's, it's so much deeper 
it means so much more to you because you're like, I put up all your crap, but I realize you put up with so much crap that I do, and you hadn't left me, and I hadn't left you. It makes it so freaking amazing. And you can't have that with a rubber, a latex doll that just has mechanical functions. And sure, they might have the same things in the same spot and all that. And but it's, I mean, it's it's people. It's like the guy that's living in his mother's basement, right? Thirty five years old playing video games. There's no potential for any maturation. Uh, there's no, no. no potential for any growth. What you just were going through, like as you go through and you uh, go through a covenant, essentially, and you build and you go on this journey of understanding and, and building a life with another person, there are a lot of difficulties, but then uh, the difficulties with them come a lot of incredibly profound joys. Great and, reward. Yeah, and so I, I worry that... Uh, some people have gotten so caught up, and maybe it's this is in the cards for just some people. Uh, we can't. I, I think also let's not sugarcoat it. There are some folks who probably can't have a good, well fostered relationship. Well, and see that's Very true, Joey. And, and see that's the thing about having a long term relationship, like you and I both have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're pretty much in the same boat. Is it's not that. You know, things change. It's you as a person change. I know Eddie today is not the same person that married his wife the day they got married. I'm not. My wife's not the same person. And you, you you play off that, and when you do something that aggravates the your partner or, you know, that y'all don't agree on, you talk it through, and you get – when once you get through that, you, you might – hell, Joey – even just you and I as friends, mm-hmm. I have changed the way I think about certain things just from knowing you because you're my friend. You've yeah. influenced him, and sure. and yeah. I'm it's a two way street. Too. I'm sure you have probably changed some of your ideas because yeah. I mean we have some really deep conversations, and that's what when you have a partner, whether whether you're gay and you have a male partner, or you know you're married and you or you're just living with somebody. You change the way that you think about certain things. You, yes. you become a different person. And hopefully, your partner that you're with helps you become a better person well, it than goes, you are. Hopefully, they mature you with it, you. Well, it goes exactly. back to how you... That's how, how you, you stay together. That's right. well, but also, how do we de- develop and how do you grow as a human being? And it goes back to a point we were making earlier about space exploration of all things. I think people are probably growing the most and in the happiest place when they have a foot in the known yeah. and a foot in the unknown. Yep. And if with something like a, a sex doll, I know we make a lot of jokes about them and you can... They, they write themselves, folks. Uh, but when you can set the parameters of your, say, sexual relationship with essentially this toy mm-hmm. uh, and there is no unknown. You can even try to program unknown things, but it's still not really right. the unknown. It's an inanimate object. It's just and, if, and I think some people get so cozy in their life, their situation, and it doesn't have to be as weird or perverse as a sex doll. It could be whatever. If your life gets too stale and too routine and you're not challenging yourself in one way or another, and I think this goes for individuals, I think it goes for relationships, it goes for families, and it goes for whole societies and nations. If you're not challenging, Challenging yourself yes. to kind of discover 
the new thing, or at least probe the unknown, uh, then you are going to get stale you're going and die. To, and, and you're not going to learn, you're not going to develop, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> and unfortunately, there's societies that have happened on that where they have a, like a closed-door society where, and they don't want to learn and uh, they don't want to grow. And you just see that society fall off. Right. Yeah. right. I mean, if you have everything covered, I mean, it's a classic book. A lot of people cite Ayn Rand's like Atlas Shrugged or The Fountainhead. No, I, my, I think the more I think back... I think the more I think back, yeah. But no, I really, uh, her small book, you could read it in a day, um, especially if you're a fast reader, you can read it in just a few hours, called Anthem. It's a little novella. And it's about a society that essentially controls every aspect yeah. of people's lives to the point that the word I doesn't exist. It's always we. Everything is so controlled. And this one... And that, that's what one, they're doing in San Francisco right now. Well, but yeah. this one member of this society discovers underground what is essentially like a, a light bulb from a society a long time before, and he becomes fascinated by what does this mean? And when he presents it, thinking he's done a great thing, he helps you know actually reconstitute it and gets light to come out of the filament. And he thinks he's discovered this amazing thing and presents it to the, the elders and the authorities, and they cast him out as some evildoer. Like, we got rid of these things right. for a reason. It was too, you know, too much, it, too artificial. And I think there's something about discovering and that human ingenuity that we can't lose. And on the 50th anniversary of man setting foot on the moon, it's a, it's a good reminder. And it doesn't have to be always in the deepest explorations of space. It could be in your yeah. everyday life. Just exactly. always keep searching keep well, exploring and, and that's the, the one deal about talking about the sex bots i mean that's that's the one danger i see is people they become so isolated yeah when when you can have something you can control 100 oh, percent, and you can have a, a a partner that you can control that's the beauty about a real good marriage is you can't i, I don't and i don't try to control my wife but we have to you know go off each other well, it gentlemen, is, this has been... this hour goes too fast. I know, Joe. Yeah. That's why I love your show. It goes quick. <laughs> but I hate it because it goes so quick. I mean, it just... I'm yeah. the one-hour man, gentlemen. 